0: why do democrats hate americans so much when hillary was running for president she said half of donald trump's supporters were quote a basket of deplorables recently joe biden at a speech in philadelphia told america that half of us are semi-fascist terrorists under the first amendment of the constitution we have the right to express our opinions and if we disagree with the left they don't have the right to take away our freedom of speech clearly the statement by hillary and biden are designed to silence the conservatives in America. Many Americans find it easier to go along with the left and give up their right to disagree. What would America look like today if our founding fathers would have given in to the king and not fought for their freedom? Today, we must fight to take America back. Join the new generation of patriots who believe in the Constitution. Join the new revolution in America. Fire your shot for freedom by voting on November the 8th. Help all Americans take back our country. It's time for Black and White, a show that wants to bring all of us together, talking again about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who only want to deal with facts. It's time for you to re-engage in your right of American free speech. It's time for Black and White. Hello and welcome back to Black and White in this special Hurricane Ian edition. This is Dan Perkins. I consider myself at the moment one of the 2.2 2.2 million refugees in Florida, and to a lesser extent in North and South Carolina and Georgia, who were put out of their homes by this storm that wasn't supposed to hit where I live. On Tuesday, we were told by the National Weather Service that the likely target for this storm was going to be north of us, considerably north of us, in, up in Tampa Bay. But my wife and I had been taking some place over, taking things over to this place we were going to be staying uh, longer term into a a retirement center. Not that I'm retiring, but it was an opportunity to have an independent living and then assisted in institutional care. So we liked it a lot. And we had moved over a couple of lazy boy rockers, recliners, two airbeds. A coffee card table, not a coffee table, card table and two wicker chairs, and that was the extent of what we brought over. When we came over on Tuesday of this week, we brought all the food out of our refrigerator because we know in past hurricanes when the power goes off, in a few days the refrigeration is gone and things start to rot in the refrigerator. So we took them over and we could use them in the new place. After we got there, we found out that the track of the storm had changed dramatically. In fact, it made a right-hand turn at Fort Myers and came in over Sanibel and Fort Myers. And the impact, as you'll see, as I'm talking, I'm going to be showing you visuals of what happened at Sanibel and, uh, to a lesser degree, what happened at Fort Myers. We had 135 mile an hour winds gusting to 150. We were in a building that was a category four and five concrete and steel building. However, the day after the storm, we lost electrical power and water. And it's hard to live long-term without electrical power or water. Now I realize that there are billions of people throughout the world that do live without water directly or electricity, but not here in the United States. So we began to wonder what we should do. There was no power in Fort Myers. So the traffic lights in the stores couldn't open and their refrigeration systems and the supermarkets and the stores was failing rapidly. And so the food supplies were gonna be dramatically reduced. So we were talking to friends and relatives and we were invited to come up where we are now in uh, east of Tampa at our cousin's house. And they've been very generous with us in giving us a place to live and stay and and, uh, share our grief with us. And and, uh, we decided we're going to stay here until we're told that the power and the water are back on in in our facility in Fort Myers. But we're going to go back when we have power and water in Fort Myers to the condo. But with the pictures that you've been seeing about what happened to the causeway at Sanibel and the houses on Sanibel, we are in one case fortunate in that the roof is still on our building, our house. The walls weren't uh, destroyed. Um, The screen cage for the pool is still there. Uh, I don't know whether the air conditioning unit was swept away with a four to six feet storm surge. I don't know Uh, because I can't tell from the overhead photographs, the uh, mayor of Sanibel has told the people of Sanibel that uh, the only people coming to the island, and they'll be coming by barge, are the teams who will be there to restore the power substation on Sanibel so that they can get electrical power to the homes and businesses on Sanibel. In addition, the water treatment facility has to be fixed, and that will take a different group of people. So sometimes after those are done, and the federal and state inspectors have come in and looked at all of the properties and giving a condemn or safe to use notification on each property, some 8,000 properties they'll have to go through, then she said we'll allow people to come in selectively based on neighborhoods. So we'll be able to, sometime in the future, not known when, go back to Sanibel and look, go into our house and see what's going on. Now I fully expect that if the storm surge got to four to six feet inside the house, that by the if it takes three months, four months, whatever it takes to get back to the island and see what's going on, I expect that my house will be full of mold and mildew. So virtually everything in the house is gone. All of our personal possessions will have to be thrown out. All of the furniture will have to tear off the walls and the ceilings to get back to the walls and the floors and the rafters. And then the process will go forward as to whether or not we're going to build, rebuild the house or sell it as a shell uh, for somebody to make it the way they want to make it. Don't know what's going to happen or even when that's going to happen. So there's a lot of uncertainty that we're dealing with here, and, and hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people in the Fort Myers, hundreds of thousands of people in the Fort Myers area, millions of people in Southwest Florida, are going to be dealing with the same decisions. We feel fortunate in that we had a place to go in, in Tampa. We have another place to go if we have to over on, on the East Coast with my uh, My wife's sister in law, who has offered her condo for us to stay as long as we need. We are starting the process on Monday of filing the claims with all the insurance companies. I don't know what that's going to be like. I know that some of our friends and neighbors in Sanibel have already filed, but the problem is you can't get an adjuster to the island to begin to look at what to evaluate the loss until they can open up the island. So it may be months before the adjusters can get on the island to begin to look at properties that they have insured. And we have wind insurance, we have federal flood insurance, and we have homeowners insurance, all of which would have to be inspected in order to determine the loss and what they're going to pay. Um, To say it's a major disruption of your life is, I've never experienced this before. Um, I don't think I ever wanna experience it again. Um, and as much as I love Sanibel Island, before the hurricane, we had already made the decision that for this stage in our lives, we needed to see different, a different place and a different way to live. And that's why we went to this facility in, in Fort Myers. I think a lot of people my age and in my age group are going to be rethinking about whether or not they can stay in their existing homes. The problem being there aren't a lot of, of facilities that have room Uh, There's two places in Fort Myers that are being built, one in Shell Point, and uh, it costs about a million dollars to buy in, about eight thousand dollars a month, and that's superfluous because there's a seven year wait to get in. The other major facility, um, Cypress Co., has uh, uh, a waiting list of two years in their existing facility. And they're building, I think, 40 new multifamily home units near the hospital. And But those are really, believe it or not, 10 years out. Well, I, I don't know where I'm gonna be or what shape I'm gonna be in, but I can't wait 10 years to make a decision. So a lot of people are gonna be forced to make a lot of decisions near term that has gonna impact on their lives. And, um, I don't wish it on anybody, uh, but I I think uh, it's important to understand that that is somewhat a price you have to pay if you want to live on a barrier island. Paradise sometimes can be destroyed, but paradise can be rebuilt. This has been, as you've seen by the pictures, probably the most devastating storm ever to take place in Florida uh, in the history of following storms. So it has not been a pleasant experience, but I I wanna say one other thing. I was very, very angry when the vice president of the United States decided at a conference on Friday, two days, two days, ladies and gentlemen, after the hurricane finally went through our area, Was at a conference at the White House. And she was saying that that the administration wants to have Black and Brown and minority people to have the priority over whites from FEMA. She wants FEMA to desegregate or to segregate Blacks and other and Brown and other minorities from whites and give preferential treatment to Blacks and minorities before whites. Now, I'm not saying that that our government has done a great job. Under her administration and Biden when he was vice president for eight years, I'm not sure that they did a lot to improve the bias that exists in FEMA in deciding how much money black people, brown people, and white people get for similar losses. But they had a chance to change that for eight years and two years under the Biden administration and they didn't do anything. So now we have a situation where we have the government, and specifically the democratic leadership of the government in our country, deciding that they want to use racial bias in determining who should get what benefits from the federal government. I think it was, it was wrong that if we were doing that, and I suspect we probably were, but it's also wrong to continue it, to talk in terms of this infamous word that nobody understands, this racial equity. And so it, it, I believe that the equity issue is simply another way to accuse white people of being segregists and racist. And, and therefore they, should, they have to go to the back of the line Last time I counted, there were many times more white people in this country than there were black or brown people. And so they, because there are more of them, white people, there are more people who are adversely affected by this. With the black population at 13% of the population, they are going to be affected and devastatingly so, but the number of them is not as anywhere near what it is with the, the white people. So I think the idea of trying to decide what benefits should be paid based on racial prejudice is not what the government should be. And I know that she was called out pretty heavily on Twitter, which surprised me no end, uh, for her biased opinion on what should be done with these FEMA relief funds. So we're going to stop here for a minute. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about other things that are important to me and hopefully important to you. And we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, and this message is just for moms. Are you worried about how much money you have lost in your investment account? Are you concerned if it will recover? Inflation is 9.1% and I believe it's really higher than that, and I think you would agree. You have experienced rising prices for food, gasoline, and many other items. Isn't it time for you to consider investing in gold with some of your money to protect your future? Start by finding out if gold is right for you. Go to the black and white's website and click on the gold bar. You'll get a couple of questions and then we'll forward you on to Ira, our gold guru. He will help you figure out out if it's right for you. Welcome back to this uh, uh, Hurricane Ian special edition of Blacks and White with your um, refugee Dan Perkins. Um, I'm in better shape than perhaps a lot of people in the country but I understand firsthand what it's like to be homeless and wandering the country with this basically the clothes on your back. So let's talk about some other things that are going on. I'm concerned about the president of the United States, and I know a lot of people are too, about his mental capacity. Now, I'm not trying to be smart with you. I'm just saying very disturbing event happened this week when the president was dealing with a public policy issue and had a meeting, a celebration of this legislation being passed in the White House. And he stood at the podium, And he thanked the senators and congressmen who participated on a nonpartisan, bipartisan basis, excuse me, bipartisan basis, who, who, who worked on this deal. And the one person he singled out was the congresswoman from Indiana who died in a tragic automobile accident in August. And he mentioned her and asked her where she was. He knew she was expected to come to the conference. I I was just shocked that he would say that. He had to know that she had been killed in an accident almost two months ago, and she wasn't coming to the conference because she was dead, and yet he stood there in front of the world at the podium and embarrassed himself and our country, and a president doesn't even know that one of the... People who was responsible for a piece of legislation had been killed, and he was trying to call her out. It's another example, another example of how we have a situation where the Democrats are willing to accept. But I think that 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 tide might be turning. Rather apropos of Ian, of the tide. Uh, because I think more and more congressmen and senator candidates are beginning to abandon Joe. Beto O'Rourke was very critical of the fact that the Biden administration Biden had never been to the border since he was president, and wasn't doing very much to deal with it. I think the 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 idea that we can have sanctuary cities, but when when DeSantis and the governor from Texas decide that they're, Mr. Abbott, they're going to send people north into sanctuary cities, whether it's Chicago, New York, Washington, D.C., or Martha's Vineyard. It was a great lesson, great lesson for the broad spectrum of people in America to see how the political leaders in these various cities have reacted to the idea that a small number, relative to the number of illegals coming into the country, are being exported to New York and Chicago and and uh, Washington D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, to the point that the mainstream media, which had not been covering the border, were now forced to, probably because of of Governor DeSantis, our governor, uh, making the decision to send two plane loads of illegals. To Martha's Vineyard. And we saw the white, woke, racist people on Martha's Vineyard, not on my island, anyplace else but here. And within 48 hours, they were all taken off to a military base out on the Cape. They didn't want them there. And there was, they said, we don't have any rooms. And yet, there were thousands upon thousands of empty beds because the summer season was over for all the summer travelers going to Martha's Vidyard, including Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle. They didn't wanna give up those beds to those illegals that were coming in. They don't have the services. Yet we expect the border states of Texas and Arizona to absorb over 2.2 million illegals coming into this country and destroying their infrastructure destroying their communities. And when 50 immigrants go to Martha's Vineyard, you got to get them out of here. They, they, there's, no room for, there's no room for them at the inn. So I think that this was a tragic mistake on the part of the, the Democrats, and they will probably pay for it at the polls in the midterm election. But there could be another wave of legal and illegal people heading north because of the hurricane. That it's displacing over two million people, equal to the number of people that have come into the country, or slightly uh, uh, less than the number of illegals that came into the country in the last 12 months. So it seems to me that that we we have double standards. If you're if you're legal and white, or high brown, or black, or whatever that you're legal you can go north, you can be north, but if you're illegal and you wanna go to a sanctuary city, you're not welcome. Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago was taking people into the bus station in Chicago and immediately sending them out to the suburbs controlled by Republicans because she didn't want them in her city. The, the, The mayor of New York is now looking to Carnival Cruise Lines to rent a ship to handle 400 to 600 illegal immigrants coming into New York by the busload. But that's only a small percentage of the total illegals that are arriving. So they're looking for places. They're talking about building tent cities. They're talking about all kinds of things that they don't want to do. They would rather just just stayed in Texas and Arizona and other places. And I have to be bothered with it. Immigration is an important issue in this election. In fact, I did a video, which I will play at the end of this show, that responded to and was done before the Republican House came out with its new program on what to do in America. See, I believe that there are three things that are important that Americans have to be aware of in this midterm election. Three things and three things only. I think there have been way too many issues talked about. Not that they're not important, but they're not the most important issues. The three most important issues I think that Americans must deal with are one, inflation, two, crime, and three, illegal immigration at the border. Or put it more simply, you, your family, and your country we have a situation where we have inflation at at a staggering rate of 8.3 to 8.5 and i think it's much more than that but that's what the numbers show i wrote a commentary which you may have seen recently about what's happening to the going to happen to europe this winter because the russians have cut off all imports of oil and natural gas and the and the european governments are going to be Scrambling to try and find enough energy to run their plants, run their electrical grid and heat the homes of the of the European people. I think they're going to have a difficult time just today as this is being recorded. OPEC is having an emergency meeting to cut production because they want to drive up the price of crude oil and natural gas. And so this is what I think can happen. I think that the the European nations are finding it difficult to finding people and governments to supply them with their needs of what the Russians are taking away from them, which means that the European governments are gonna have to go to the open market and pay very high prices to buy energy. But if it's gonna be high prices for energy in Europe, you can be assured that prices will be high in the United States too. Now, we saw a stabilization of inflation from 8.5 to 8.3, primarily because oil prices went down more than other prices went up for food and energy and cars and medicine to the point that we stabilized at 8.3. But I think if we get into a situation where the Russians continue to cut off oil and natural gas to Europe, we could see significant increases. And if if the OPEC nations decide to cut down on the production, less supply, increasing demand means that prices will go up. We're going to see increasing prices of crude oil. And as a result, inflation will accelerate. Only this time, I suspect that it will accelerate to where inflation by the first of the year, if the European nations are having difficulty finding oil and are paying more and more and more to get it we could see inflation over double digits. Now, I also believe that it's possible that NATO will come to President Biden and say, we need you to supply us with our needs for oil and natural gas for defense purposes. Now, President Biden's gonna be in a, between a rock and a hard place because he doesn't wanna start off the campaign for the presidency in 2023, capitulating to provide oil and natural gas to Europe by increasing the production in the United States. But I think he will. And he will tell the American people, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do to help our friends and neighbors in Europe. Falling behind NATO, I expect fully expect the European Union to come to the United States and also for asking for increases of oil and natural gas so that they can Heat the homes of their people. By the way, most people don't know this, that 20 times the number of people who die from heat die from cold. 20 times. And if the winter is very cold and the close concentration of people in the European communities, you could see significant increases in death. So I expect to see that the European Union coming to to Biden, asking him to increase the production at the time when OPEC and the other nations are cutting production because they want prices to go up. So I look for another surge in inflation after the midterms, but in preparation for the presidential election in 2024. So thank you for spending your time with me. Um, I look forward to talking to you again. Hopefully the next time we talk, I'll have better news. This is Dan Perkins. Go to, go to blacksandwhites.us and look at our other shows that are on the, mar, on the air regularly as scheduled, continuing to bring you important ideas from people who have strong opinions and strong beliefs. Thanks, and we'll be in touch soon. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend when necessary our constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican in the November 8th election.